0: I don't know. I think the the problem with being a ejectile is that You live for destruction. Yeah, this is the
1: only thing you do is destroy things. <laughs> shenanigans. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 130 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I I guess I make robots and stuff. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. And today is December 21. 2017. Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything could happen on this show. There's going to be profanity, so children should not be listening. Now, Sam is gone this week. Normally, we have a third human here. Yep. He has acquired something called the flu. Yep. Uh, which apparently you are contagious for up to seven days. Yeah, so he's not allowed in the office right now. Yeah, we just, we just sort of banned him. Uh, yep. Sort of banished him. Into his own home. Uh, But we learned lots of stuff because we were like, how contagious is this? So we did some pretty pretty contagious Googling. Yeah, apparently, when you have the flu, you're just sort of constantly blasting uh, a fine mist of disease around yourself in like a six foot sphere. Yeah. And then everything that touches your disease ball uh, is now infectious for 48 hours.
0: And And then you just everybody becomes a disease ball.
1: Yeah. So if you imagine everybody kind of walking around in sort of like a hamster ball of of disease, disease. that's kind of what the flu is like. So So that's happening.
0: Get your flu shots and hope for the best. Apparently, it wasn't super.
1: It wasn't super effective this year.
0: Sort of like a Pokemon problem, you know.
1: yeah, we had the wrong type. We got the wrong, we yep. got sort of a rock type flu shot this year, but yep. it turned out that the flu was electric. So yeah, so it just wasn't a great combo. Didn't pan out. It's only about 10% effective this year or something like that. But still, if you get your flu shot, there's a good chance that your symptoms will be reduced even if you do catch the flu. So yeah.
0: still do it. And uh, a better chance that you don't get the flu, which is a bonus.
1: Yes. And the uh, biggest bonus of all is you've minimized a chance of giving
0: the flu to somebody else and killing them.
1: Yes, that's a good so, bonus. Know, bonus not having murder on your conscience yep. is a fantastic. Yeah, because the incentive. fact
0: is, Sam got the flu from somebody else.
1: Yeah, you know somebody a else. A murderer. A murderer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, currently, an attempted murderer. Attempted we'll, we'll murderer. We'll see how things go. Yeah. Uh, and also, this is our last podcast of the year. We're recording a little bit early because we're all going to be uh, gone next week over the the winter winter break winter ween winter ween. Um, so we wanted to talk about. Uh, sort of what's going to be coming down the pipe For next year Although first we have a couple uh, Quick announcements Of things that have just happened Which is one, uh, Crashlands is on Linux now Yeah, as of A few days, yesterday, two days ago Yeah, so I think uh, there's That one person Who listens to our podcast Who is, uses Linux yeah. So hey buddy, <laughs> go get your copy now Hey Linux friend Um. So we have that, and then also uh, Crashlands is now available in Chinese on iOS, GOG, and Steam. Um, so yeah. we've, we've now gotten the rights to do, to use that translation and we are good to go. So for our, uh, four Chinese listeners of the podcast, go, go get yourself a copy. Yep. <laughs> We're really serving those, those uh, niches.
0: Yeah. Really. And if anybody who just wants to see what Crashlands looks
1: like in Chinese, you'll be able to toggle the language. Yeah. You just flip it over. Uh, but, it uh, might be hard to flip it back. It's going to be hard to flip it Chinese. back unless you keep track of what the settings are. Yeah, Cause turns out you can't just sort of intuit your way through reading Chinese. Yeah. Uh, like, kind of like you can with Spanish, you know? Right. So, uh, so next year we have, it's going to be 2018. Yeah. Or 20 great teen 20. Cause it's going to be great. Yeah. Here's what's coming. <laughs> uh, all right. And also I want to, I want to preface our, next year's plans discussion with just saying, these are targets, not promises. (laughs) Well, and they're also moving targets. We don't know what's going to happen next year, but this year we've done a lot of, of infrastructure work and a lot of prep and stuff to get ourselves into a really good position to be able to move super fast next year and do all kinds of badass things. So here are some of the goals that we have for next year. Uh, First thing, is new website. Yep, our our website front end is currently in WordPress. Yep, which uh, it is. What? <laughs> WordPress. I mean, they 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 proudly
0: boast that WordPress powers some ungodly fraction of the internet, which is true, and and it does that for a good reason, which is that they've been around for a long time, which always helps. Uh, but also, they, it can do just about anything you'd want. But the problem with anything that can do anything that you want. There's a lot of wastage. There's a lot of wastage going on. Uh, and so just being able to run this website is actually kind of surprisingly costly. Uh, and not not in a way where like we can't afford it and we're going bankrupt or anything like that. It's just, it's too slow. Uh, it requires a lot of resources just to make it not be slow.
1: And it's very inflexible and it's rigid. Very,
0: right. I mean, it, it has things about it that are flexible, but it's not stuff that we get to just do what we want. It's more that... If, if there's something that exists that somebody else has already thought to do for us, then we can go do that thing. But if we want to say integrate it with our own login system, uh, that's that's kind of a nightmare. Yep. <laughs> if we, if we want to make it so that we can land on a custom page that has, that actually isn't in WordPress at all. Turns out that's also kind of a nightmare. Yep. Um, so, uh, so we've just got a couple options here. One was to say, you know, let's, let's just make a new website that's kind of has different stuff on it. Leave the current one intact. Um, and have it just kind of be what it was, right? It's just kind of a place where you can go read about the studio. But
1: then that's confusing. That's to confusing.
0: And in fact, we already have stuff kind of just spread across the entire web because we got our forums in one place, we got our website in another place, we got crashlands.net kind of all floating around sitting by itself. <laughs> we now have scuffle buddies.com, right? Just things are
1: everywhere. It's just getting out of control. It's just out of
0: control. And so the, the goal is to bring everything back to one place. And and in the past, you know, we you know, we're a bootstrap studio. We'd, we did things that made sense at the time that we did them because we there was no better way. And that included, we didn't even know why we had a website. We we're just like, people have these. People have these, right? <laughs> right. And uh, and we went with the free thing. Back when we did this was Blogger. almost six years ago now, right? Uh, that was basically Blogger and WordPress were the options. Um, and so just happened to be Blogger at the time. Uh, we eventually we migrated to WordPress. Because we had uh, Google accounts. Yeah, exactly. So, right? so you just go, go with what you know. And, and again, go with what's free because we were bootstrapping. Um, and, uh, but that meant that, that that kind of, that informed what we used the website for. It was basically just used as kind of a blog. And at that time too, we were doing this really kind of, uh, frequent develop open development, kind of a model where we'd be talking about what we're doing. We didn't really know how to think about marketing. We didn't have a player base yet. Um, Nobody in the industry gave a shit about what we were talking about either because we hadn't proven anything, right? Yep. So we just kind of had this thing that we just kind of talked on. And uh, and over time, it's become, as we've actually had more success, but also found more things that we're doing, like the podcast, uh, multiple games, um, development versus uh, business development and so on. Um, it just doesn't make any
1: sense to have that all be in one place in a blog anymore. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to just streamline the shit out of this yeah, just thing.
0: Bring it all into one place and then... That's all going to be now powered by Ruckus.
1: Yes, which is our our new BScotch ID. It's our the B-Scotch ID replacement. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll our hope is to have this ready by end of January. Yeah. Uh, but again, who these knows? are targets? Yeah, the target. So, is, uh, uh, so another target we have is that we so we a couple episodes ago we talked about the problem of it's been quite a while since we've launched something. Well, a new game specifically. We've been we've launched Crashlands in China and done content patches and stuff, but something like something fully new. And so we were like, Scuffle Buddies is still a long ways off. Probably at least a year of dev, Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't want it to be the case that by the time Scuffle Buddies launches, that it'll be you know three and a half years since Crashlands launched, uh, and nothing in between. So we're gonna be we're going to be uh wrapping up scuffle buddies to get into a good point where we can kind of pause it.
0: Yeah, not wrapping up to finish it, but
1: right, we're going to be sort of tying up loose ends yeah. so that we can easily pick it up again and we're going to sort of cauterizing Yeah, wounds. cauterize it's it's bleeding. Yeah. And then we're going to develop a, a much smaller game in terms of how much dev time it takes. Not necessarily in terms of how much you can play it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. When we
0: say it, I think this, this confused some of our listeners when we talked about it, because we we kind of asked people to give us opinions about, is this a good idea? You know, would you rather wait less time to get scuffle buddies uh, or get some stuff in the interim? That's just not as large in scope. And I think people kind of interpreted this as basically us making another like uh
1: roid rage or something, right? Something
0: something that actually feels very small. Uh, It's actually not what we mean.
1: Yeah. Cause roid rage, we can make an, we actually, I mean, roid rage was a 26 hour project. Right. So like, we're not talking about that, small. and that
0: wouldn't really delay anything in any important yeah. way. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, we're we're talking more more along the lines of so Quadrupus and Talophyte were both three month projects, yeah. and that was back you know before we had any systems to to do things quickly. So we're talking definitely larger than Roid Rage, uh, yes, and probably smaller than Quadrupus or Talophyte in terms of dev time. But we're we're going to be trying to do some experiments with our new web stuff and see if we can put some cool. Um, sort of user generated content features into these kinds of things. So, yep. uh, so we're going to be having more announcements, sort of early in the year next year, about what exactly this project is going to be and what our timelines are. Yeah,
0: because we think we know what we want it to be. Yeah, we're, we're pretty confident we've we've kind of got that figured out, but we definitely don't want to say it. We don't want to. We don't want to say it because once we say it, it kind of locks that in. Yeah. Um, but also, I think, I think it's something that it would be much more fun to sort of. Drop onto people once once enough progress has been made that we can show something. So I think that was the thing that happened with Scuffle Buddies, where we didn't really have anything to show, but we were trying to like drop get people excited about it. And I think it'll be a lot people more. People can't fun. get excited
1: about it. Nothing. Yeah, right? I think I think it'll be so, a lot
0: more fun if we basically just have a prototype of the thing running. We've got a video of of us playing it, or you know something, and then just have that kind of suddenly appear like in end of January.
1: Yeah. So so basically today the, the day that we're recording is a Thursday. It's our last day of, of, of the year before the break. Um, and so this is sort of our last scuffle buddies day. Then we'll put it on pause and we're going to switch over to working on this new project for a couple months. Um, so we'll have we'll have some news. Who knows? But should we say what the what the goal is for the timeline on that uh, in terms of how long the game will take? Yeah. When we want it out. Yeah. I mean, we, we want it out by GDC, which is mid-March, yep. which means we have to have basically wrapped up development by end of February. Yeah, so, we have
0: to have wrapped up development of Core Ruckus. The new website has to be live because Ruckus lives on it. Um, and we'll have to have this new game made, beta tested, fixed, announced with enough time to do all the press stuff to then have it launched by the middle of
1: Yeah, March. but this is, this is also an opportunity for us to experiment with what can we get away with, you know, in yeah. terms of our marketing. Yep. Because... Well, and our dev yeah, because we haven't we haven't actually this is something that we
0: had to we had to do in the past all the time with all of our previous games that are now live and launched and, and exist. It was mostly what can we get away with, what can we not do to make this work. Yeah, and ever since we've sort of scaled up, we've you know increased the size of our studio. We we have way more resources. We have way more uh, tools at our disposal, which makes us want to go use all of those. But actually, more importantly, it doesn't. What it actually does is makes us want to make more of those and use those instead. And and we actually, we were joking about this because this new game we're talking about making at the beginning of the year, every time we talk about it and talk about the web features we want, uh, there's new web features that we want, right? Right. And, And I've already built some core features that would let us do basically any of the kinds of things that we really need to do. But of course, the fact that we can do that gives us ideas for all the other stuff we could also do.
1: Yeah, it's the blurse of tools, which yeah. is which is they make things easy enough that they give you ideas for new things yeah. to do. They, and you, then you they, want to do those things. Yeah, you stay. sort of
0: forget actually. You kind of forget about the fact that it was that it's hard to make the tools because you're so excited about how much easier your life is now that the tools exist.
1: Right. We actually found this when we when we switched to uh, we tried to use Spine, uh, yeah. to make the bosses in Crashlands. And the Baconweed Fairy turned out was was our first boss that we made. Oh, I forgot about We started that. using yeah. Spine and then the Baconweed Fairy, the Spine version of it, got broken up into like 18 different body parts. Yep. Um, be, just because of the fact, that like once you can do this crazy bone animation, then the- She was animated pretty spectacular yeah. though. Yeah, uh, but then your standards go up for like, well, what does it mean for a thing to look good with its animations? And then you end up you don't end up saving time. You end up oftentimes spending more time. Uh, and yeah, you're gonna you're gonna come out with a uh, an end result that's gonna be sort of marginally improved over what you had, but it's gonna take way longer yeah. and a lot more effort. So and also
0: consume way more computer resources.
1: Yeah. So you got you got to be aware of the blurs of tools. Yeah. Um, so that's something we'll have to watch out for. Um, another thing next year that we want to do is we we've sort of dabbled, we've dipped our toe into the idea over the past year of something called the Scotch Arcade. And uh, this is basically us looking at all of our old games and saying, okay, by the end of next year, uh, it will have been uh, five years yeah. since towel fight and quadrupus came out and it's four a long years time. Yeah. And about four years since flop rocket and roid rage, which means especially in sort of modern technological pace, uh, of smartphone improvements and stuff. Yeah. Like these games are showing their age. <laughs> yeah. And even Crashlands
0: is showing its age and it's only a couple of years old. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, yeah. Crashlands was built at like a 540p resolution, you know, which was actually just what phones were around the yep. time we started developing Crashlands. By the time we finished it, it was already like, okay, this is getting a little bit pixelated. Yeah. Um, a few years later, it's going to be even worse, right? Well,
0: And actually, we've been talking about this, too, which might be in the news somewhere, but we're we're working on a content patch for Crashlands. Yes. And one of the things that has been a a repeated complaint is is how slow Flux feels as a character in the game. And actually, which honestly bugged me the whole time I was playing it, too. Like, she just feels really slow. Yeah. Um, But that's because of this problem. It's this legacy problem, right? Which is the game was made to to exist on smaller screens.
1: So when we blow the viewport up,
0: yeah, because we want to have it still look good, which means basically just let you see more of the game, not uprez all the things that are in it. So everything is still the same size as it was, yeah. we just show you more stuff. It's
1: kind of the effect where when you're in an airplane and you're seeing a lot of the world at a time, and yeah, you're moving 500 miles an hour, but, but if it you look down, doesn't look like it doesn't it. feel like you're moving that fast. Yeah. So that's kind of the the it's the airplane problem because yep. yeah, when we when we uprez crashlands, it's almost like you we just took your airplane That you're looking at a flux with, and we just moved it up higher, right? right? So, um, so, so our old games are kind of in a spot where they could probably use some some touch ups, and not only that, but we just don't like the fact that they're free to play and laced with ads and microtransactions, and And
0: they don't they don't make enough money for that to be worth it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for for anybody, for any for anybody, um, and then also we have to maintain uh, those. The, all those games separately. So yeah. if, if there's like an iOS update or, or an Android update that we have to uh, patch, then we have to do eight updates, yep. right? Cause each, we have four games out and each game is on two platforms. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure just, I'm pretty sure it's a net loss because yeah. of, they, they're all actually not all,
0: uh, quadrupus is still bringing in a very small amount of money every month. Um, the rest, the man, rest are bringing in literally nothing. And, uh, like maybe a sandwich, maybe you know? a sandwich. And so by the time sure has to spend, you know, a day every like three months or whatever,
1: that's just, we're just losing.
0: We've, yeah, yeah. we've <laughs> just, we've just lost all the money. Yeah. we made off. Of it. So,
1: so we were looking at all these problems and we're thinking, okay, what can we do to, we, we don't want to, we want to do right by these games, right? We don't want to abandon them. Um, and we, so we don't want to just like pull them off the store and be like, well, they're done now. And so, we are considering the idea of creating a thing called the Beast Arcade, which is going to be a single premium app that will be, we, we don't know price wise, but it'll be, you know, comparatively cheap, right? Yep. Um, it'll be on mobile and it'll be all of the games rolled together into a single app.
0: And I also want it to be on Steam, but I'm still fighting that.
1: Yeah. Still,
0: we're still making that argument internally. So we'll, yeah. we'll uh, see what happens.
1: We'll see. So, so, uh, and then we're gonna, so we'll remove all the microtransactions and rebalance the games so that they aren't dependent on that. Um, we will remove all the ads, of course, and they'll be integrated with Ruckus as yep. opposed to old Beast Got which means they'll actually have kind of their own new set of, a, of achievements and stuff like that. Yep. Um, so it's, it's the difficulty that we have to figure out is how do we reconcile sort of old, Stuff so cross-platform things with Crashlands and mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of uh, challenges that come into that, um and then we are also considering even rolling in a, a couple even more legacy games. Yeah. uh Specifically, we want we're considering getting Gerblins into there. Yeah, Gerblins <laughs> is still super,
0: and I don't even know how many of our listeners actually are aware that this game exists or have ever even seen it because yeah. it's you can't get it anymore.
1: It was the first game that we launched. Yeah. We, it it wasn't was, it the was first pre- game. Butterscotch,
0: wasn't it? Before we even existed as a company. We no, we did exist. We did exist, okay. Yeah.
1: Um the first game that Butterscotch ever released was Chauncey the Rabbit. Um but Was this after Chauncey? This was after Chauncey. Okay. Right. Gerblins we launched in I believe like September or something of 2012.
0: Yeah, I was I was in the
1: middle of grad school at the time. Yeah, Adam programmed it actually with uh, yep. with me sort of pair programming over his shoulder, and then I did the art, and Sam did the voices. Yeah,
0: it was a very so it was weird, like, it was a very uh, this was, very different yeah. combo. Um, than usual. Yeah, I, and this is the thing too, that because I remember because at that time my in my programming because I'm also we're all self taught in our various disciplines, right? Um, right now, I would actually consider myself a pretty good programmer um, and a pretty good web programmer specifically, but at that time which was seven, six years ago, five, five or six years ago. Um, all of my programming was basically coming from doing, uh, analysis, like statistical analysis or some sort of, you know, data driven stuff. Yeah. Um, very, very different kind of thing than either game programming or web programming. And I was, and I was quite medium at it. So, Hmm. so it was a very different world, right? so I programmed that game I remember it being very difficult to, to build the thing, even though it's a very, very, very simple game. And, uh, and it's funny thinking back on that now, because if we were to sit down and and, re, and like redo Gerblins, because the source code doesn't exist anymore. This was also before we were using source control.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if we put Gerblins into the B-Scotch Arcade, we would have to just, it would we just, just, just be build remade, it. right? Yeah. And so, but with so new, we'd remake it with standards. Yeah.
0: So now it'd be with Sam's art. It'd be with Seth's programming. and It'd be with interesting web features that that uh, I then put in, and with yeah. sound support by. That bard, right? right. <laughs> so, so that the difference. I think it's gonna be it's basically gonna be Gerblins. Too. Yeah, we should do it because I think it would take us a weekend to make it. Yeah, it would be Gerblins too. And I think that it would be fun for those few people who have access to the original Gerblins because if you did get it forever go, you can still get it through Google Play. I don't even know if it works anymore. I doubt it does. It probably doesn't even work on modern. It was phones. built for
1: Android four. Or Android or 3. Even. Think, 3, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh,
1: but I think it'd be really fun just to look at the difference between those two. Yeah. Um, and we do actually have a YouTube video that shows Gerblins. Yeah. And true. also it shows us sort of as, as babies. As babies, <laughs> you know, five five years ago. It was about back this when
0: both of us had hair.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: not a lot of it necessarily or nothing spectacular, no, but there was hair. It though.
1: existed. Uh, it's, uh, so that's, that's something that we are going to be um, rolling around. And just as an experiment, I have managed to already get a uh, flop rocket and roid rage merged together, um, yeah, into, into one, into one project. And so, so that's kind of something that's just, that's just sizzling on the, on the, uh, back burner as like a weekend project and stuff like that. So we'll see, we'll see if this thing happens. Yeah, I, I think, think it's going
0: to be a fun, I mean, the, the goal next year is we've, we've now gone, as I said, basically two years without a launch. Uh, next year we want to get out some more. We just need some more games out there that exist, even, even if it is basically dramatically improving and kind of repackaging uh, our arcade as, as a subset of that, just so that things are now touched up and they feel modern and and we can give people something um, while we continue the slower development course on this much more systems-heavy big project of yeah. Scuffle Buddies.
1: Um, and then otherwise, so that's, that's kind of what will be happening with the older games. We'll have some new smaller game coming out. And then the next question is Crashlands. What's what's what going to happen to Crashlands? Uh, so sure and uh, Sam are deep in the weeds of of jamming on a Crashlands content patch right now. As yeah. And speak- actually, I
0: want to I put this in context, too, of what we've been talking about for the last couple episodes, which has been all about the fact that we haven't made a new thing, um, but yes. also the fact that we haven't put out any new content for Crashlands. So Crashlands has basically been unchanged for a year. And so we've just been giving we've been giving absolutely nothing to our players, right? Yeah, and it there's feels bad. There, and it feels bad. And there and there are things that we know are common complaints with Crashlands that we want to address. In particular, there's a sense of grindiness, which we've been trying to understand and identify. And so that's kind of what this next patch yeah. is all about.
1: And and interestingly, so you know people will often say like, oh, the game feels too grindy. So we actually just to see what happened, we just reduced the grindiness, right? Because like grindiness is basically saying like. I'm spending a lot of time getting a bunch of materials.
0: Yeah. Right? Doing things that feel like a chore.
1: So we cut down the time a little bit. A lot. Uh, a lot actually. by the end of the game. Yep. And nothing changed in terms of what people were talking about. Mm-hmm. So we realized actually that that, uh, that that sort of feeling that players have is stemming not from the fact that they have to spend a lot of time getting materials, but that that's the only thing they're doing. Yeah. Um, because players will spend... Uh, dozens of hours fishing in fishing holes to get the mega gong, and they don't complain about the grind of getting the mega gong. They do and, complain about having not gotten it yet. Right. Yeah. But the reason is that it's a surprise, right? So, like, right. you just keep fishing, then suddenly one time you'll just have it, right? Yep. So we realized that we need to kind of rethink our approach with some of the uh, recipes and some of the systems in the game to to add more surprises into the uh, just general sort of world exploration. Oh,
0: yeah, it's both surprise and and the ability to feel like you're making a conscious decision. Cause that's the other part of the game that we all knew was a problem, which is that it's the progression is all quite linear. Yeah. And so there's not a lot of choice to be made. And because of how limited some of the systems are in terms of, you know, how you prepare for combat and like your hot bar and all this stuff. Uh, it doesn't actually, even though we actually give you plenty of stuff to choose from, it doesn't really feel like you have a choice still.
1: Yeah. Um, and so, so we won't talk about, exact specifics oh, of what the patch will contain but the goal is trying to fix the goal is the goal is to fix that. that and so so i'll just say kind of we are we are looking at um at what we can do with how weapons feel and mm-hmm. trying to make more meaningful player choice when it comes to like what weapon are you using you're using a hammer an axe or a sword and why um we're looking we're taking a, a hard repass on the trinkets and the gadgets and the hot bar and trying to figure out ways we can modify these things to make it so that you can make bigger decisions about um, what kind of a play style you want to have.
0: Yeah, and have that be more meaningful. Cause right now, even if you do sort of go, you know, towards fire or damage reflect or whatever, it doesn't really feel like there's that big of a difference between those.
1: Yeah. Um, and the and the other problem there is of course, if you go really heavy into say damage reflect, and then you come across an opponent that for some reason doesn't that doesn't work well with. Well, that's just what you got now, yep. right? Yep. So you're just, you're just kind of stuck in whatever. You you have to lie in whatever bed you made, you right. know? Um, so we want to give more more player options there. So we'll be having some more information about that um, early next year. So those are kind of some of the big things that we have coming down the pipe ourselves. But yep. I think another thing we need to do to, for this last episode of the year is let's have some wild speculation about... Yeah, this is the responsible thing. This is do. the responsible thing to do. Um, you know, we kind of think of ourselves as sort of a uh, news organization. Yeah. Right? And so... And one like of the, any responsible news organization... It's time to just make ridiculous claims about yeah. what's going to happen based on essentially no information whatsoever. Right. Uh, as if it were possible to predict
0: the future in any way, shape, or form, or right. as if it was ever possible that could happen. Yeah. Because we know because of confirmation bias... That no matter how many wrong guesses we make, if we make one right one, if we make one right one,
1: then we will be seen as sanitary. we're gonna seem we're gonna seem like Nostradamus, Yep, scotch Nostradamus, as Sam says. Uh, so here are some of the things that are definitely gonna happen next year. All right, so first, you know the game I can't believe it's not gambling. Yeah, uh, doing great on Steam. Obviously, this is going to embolden Electronic Arts, and they're gonna launch Star Wars Battlefront three next year. Uh, probably in June or so Mm -hmm. Star Wars Battlefront three is going to be simply a black screen with a loot box on it. And you're going to wave a lightsaber at the loot box. Ah, Okay. And just cut it open uh, and get upgrade parts for your lightsaber and upgrade parts for your loot box. And you're just going to confront loot boxes of ever increasing HP uh, and and damage type resistances. And you got to customize your lightsaber to cut open more loot boxes. Um, Obviously, players will claim to hate this and then go out to buy it and still spend money anyway. Yep, Uh, which will which will actually lead to one of EA's best years just on record. Yep. Um, So that's going to happen. Phones are now going to become completely circular next year. So, well,
0: well, okay. I mean, I was actually expecting completely ovular. Ovular uh, No, no, it's going it's
1: going straight to circle. Um, Apple is going to rebrand the next iPhone, it's going to be the iPhone puck. It's just going to be a sort of a disc. Um, Sort of like a Nest thermostat. Yeah, because they saw how people responded to the fact that they removed buttons, that they removed the corners and they were like, you know what? Fuck edges. We're just going to go right to circles. I
0: I mean, and I hate to disagree with your prediction, but I think. It's not a prediction. This is just. I'm sorry. What's going to happen? The the expected (laughs) fact, right? But that actually goes against a particular trend because it, because which is the ever increasing aspect ratio, which is why I would yeah. predict that it's not that we're going to pe- the the corner radius is going to increase, and mm-hmm. the so aspect it's gonna ratio a, is also going to increase. Yeah, so we're going to have these very wide elliptical.
1: They're going to be capsule shaped. Yeah, so they're going to be really long and skinny. Yeah. but with only top and bottom edges, or I should say left and right edges, and then just a sort of a circular top and bottom. Right. Yeah. That that does make sense. Yeah. So that's my guess. Um, so that's going to happen. And then, of course, your phone uh, will no longer have buttons of any kind. Correct. As well as a keyboard. Everything is going to go off of facial recognition. Yep. So you're going to type by simply gazing upon your phone.
0: And it will try to predict what it, it is you're It will try to predict
1: about. your intent sort right. of based on uh, your micro expressions. Yep. Right? So that's going to happen uh, because, you know, machine learning. Also, uh, next year next year is going is going to be the year where virtual reality, uh, finally actually becomes a thing. Yep. So we saw this in 1995, uh, you know, Sony was two years ago. Yeah. So companies were making virtual reality. We had the virtual boy in like Mm -hmm. 1993 or whatever. Everybody wanted it. Um, virtual reality made a big push in the late nineties. And then again in the early two thousands, then in the late two thousands and then five years ago and now today, but for some reason, next year's it, it's, it's going to be the it's year. Just gonna, it's just going to happen all of a sudden. Yep, everybody's going to have VR in their homes. Yep. Um, nobody's going to leave their house. Uh, even like your local grocery chain, you know, you, they're going to create a VR sort of shopping experience right, for where you. you. Just you
0: basically just walk through this fake store with a cart and you put stuff in it. It records what you put in it. They send a real person through their real store to do the same thing, sort of mirroring yes. what you're doing.
1: Kind of and like then, that movie where. Uh, I think Hugh Jackman is controlled by a teenage boy and goes on a murdering spree. I I think
0: not familiar with this movie. I think it's some video game movie.
1: (laughs) 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 Was it Hugh Jackman? No, it was uh, it was the guy who played, uh, Leonidas in 300 different person, different person. person. Yep. Uh, Gerard Butler. They're basically, they're both just completely jacked. (laughs) So it's, you know, uh, they, they they are both jacked men. So I I can see the confusion. Um, so that's, that's going to happen. I mean, it's just, it's just going to, people are going to be completely baffled by how crazy of a takeoff VR is going to have. Yep. And all these people who are sinking and, you know, years and years of time into making games for VR and it's stuff, they're all going to be worth it. They're all going to be like, see, I told you, I knew this was coming. Yep. Um. So that's going to happen. Also wireless charging is going to be everywhere. So you know how there's a little, those little pads that you put your phone on. Yeah. Um, so, people are going to be updating the foundations of their homes just to be those to be a big wireless charging pad. And it, it just every device you have will be wireless now. Yep. Uh, and this is going to have the added benefit of now humans no longer have to sleep because right, you are also hassling. charging from the pad. Yep. So, that's going to be really nice. I think
0: also I'm paired along with that is another convenient breakthrough, which is that batteries are also going to finally be good.
1: Yeah. Because they're just always being charged is
0: the thing. Yep. Um so actually yeah, it's really good. The just battery's gonna be taken out because you're always in the presence of a charger. So you don't even need a battery in the first place.
1: Um the unfortunate downside of this is of course once people leave their homes, they're no longer on a pad. And so the solution that most cities are gonna have is they're going to create giant Charging pads that are going to hover in the sky, kind of like an Independence Day, right? That just kind of float above the city and beam power down, exactly um,
0: like an Independence Day. Yeah,
1: and of course, there on, might be some building
0: explosions,
1: yeah, but as long as our devices stay charged, no, that's gives fine. A shit. Yep. and and on, of course, on top of those pads is going to be Tesla solar panels, right? So, uh, so we're going to have that. Uh, also next year, augmented reality. It's also going to be a big thing. Yep. Um, reality is going to become so augmented that actually it will cease to be real and it will only be virtual. Yeah. Um, which is actually sort of the, that's going to be sort of the thing that pushes virtual reality right. into the next step. It's is just that, that reality sort of will, contain, will cease to exist. Right. Uh, so that's going to be cool. Um, AAA studios are going to have some big announcements next year because they're going to be hitting some, because of just sort of the general progression of, of GPUs. Mm-hmm. Powered by micro or, or by uh, cryptocurrencies, right? Um, we're gonna have such ridiculous quantum leaps in simulated dog fur, uh, human sweating. Yep, you know, like we're gonna be able to render this stuff, it's just gonna be unbelievable. So, you're gonna be playing Battlefront 3, and as you're swinging your lightsaber around, you know, you'll be able to see the hairs on your character's arm, just yeah rustling in the breeze. It's going to be so so fucking realistic. Yep. You won't even so that's going to happen. Blockchain. Yeah, that's, blockchain is going to
0: be blockchain everywhere. is going to take over the world. Yep. Every company that is currently starting to use it is going to be wildly successful.
1: Yes. Um just like with the internet in yep. the 90s. So that's going to happen and we're also going to have of course a new wave of blockchain-based video games yeah. that use blockchain technology to power their web infrastructure causing those companies to collapse. Yep. So that's going to be fun. Um, And then the last thing that's going to happen is uh, Bennett Foddy's game Getting Over It, where you climb a mountain with a hammer, Mm -hmm. is going to inspire a new wave of mobile clones. And that's going to (laughs) come in January and February, where over 1,000 clones of that game will be flooding Google Play and the App Store.
0: Now, I'm a little bit confused, though, because I feel like we were poking a little bit of fun about what was going to happen, but that's exactly what is definitely going to well happen.
1: i mean some of these things are going to happen <laughs> some, are... <laughs> some some may happen in 2019 but yeah, yeah either way um and then otherwise we have a winter break coming so now we're back to real news so we have a winter break coming uh um, winter which, sabbatical coming which only means as far as our players go uh the only thing they have to worry about is what about the merch store true it's going to be open you can still buy shit but we're not going to ship anything until we get back so yeah that shouldn't stop you though Yeah, you should actually probably buy even more stuff um, this time around with all that Christmas money or whatever kind of money you got lying around. Milk money. Uh, Winter bonus money. Any kind of money. Any kind of money. All right, so that's all
0: the news we have for this week. Actually, there will be another thing that happens, though, which is that things will be on sale all over the place when it comes to games. Oh, that's true. Including all of our, I guess, including Crashlands. Yeah, so take all that. Because it's the only one you can
1: buy. Yeah, so buy lots of copies of Crashlands and then also take the savings you got from all these other games that are on sale, go to our merch store yep. and spend all that savings on our merch. Yep. All right, let's get on some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at uh, podcast.bscotch.net. So if you'd like to get a question on to a future episode, head on over there, put the stuff in the text box, and get, get, hit the submit button. Yep. First question, Giant Muskrat says, if you order pickup from a normally sit-down restaurant, should you tip? If yes, how much? Do you know? This is sort of outside of our of our
0: wheelhouse in terms of the kinds of stuff that we have knowledge about, but I do have an opinion on it, which is that there's a we've all just agreed in the U.S. anyway that people to underpay to underpay people (laughs) everywhere, but particularly in the food industry. Uh, And when you're going out, I I think there's something to that. I always had to sort of remember is that when if I'm going out to get food from a restaurant, I'm not buying food, right? I'm paying people to make. And, and give me food and like provide that experience.
1: well. So right. like, that's why it's called the food service industry. Yeah, right. It's
0: not, just, it's a service. It's not you, if it's you're not a grocery store, right, it's not a grocery store. So, so you have to, you have to already, when you're like thinking about the cost of, of food, when you're going out, to eat, you just have to already just take into account that you're not just buying food. You are paying for a service. And so, and you also know that that restaurant, no matter how good it is, is competing with all the other restaurants, which again, we've collectively agreed should underpay everybody. Right. And so
1: you, that's just what we do. Because that's
0: what we do. So you just guarantee that that, that 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 all those people that are not they're just not being paid the way that they ought to be. So when it comes to tips, I don't actually treat tips as a way to uh, to sort of incentivize good behavior on the part of employees to me. Like that's
1: just you're the You're just job. writing a wrong.
0: Yeah, like You're writing a <laughs> wrong, right? Because <laughs> bad employees should just be fired. They shouldn't be paid worse, right? True. And good employees should just be paid well, not paid well. Based on the whims of of customers, right? Right. So, uh, so for me, like I just see it as basically the cost of my food is just twenty percent higher than is listed, right? Right. And that's that's the service charge, right? Which which isn't because people are bringing me food. It isn't because my waiter's a good waiter. It's because everybody is being underpaid in the restaurant, and so I just have to factor in that that's a good point. There's just a higher cost to that.
1: There, there is a restaurant I think in New York City that made the news maybe it was last year because they oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. they just decided to not allow patrons to tip yep. and they just also decided to pay their staff appropriately right and this this made news <laughs> yeah because people were alarmed and they also had to they had to teach their their patrons hey don't tip it's fine yeah our people are actually paid well and they're doing okay and of course the apparently the the tipping uh system makes it so that wait staff and and cooks and everything, they and chefs, they uh have to fight to get the best nights of the week. Yeah. And there's a lot of kind of resentment about who works when and whether people are working on slow nights or busy nights. Cause you're if your you know, if your income varies widely day by day, then you kind of have this unpredictable turbulence going on, right? Yep. So by evening it out and just paying people the same and just being like, yep, this is when you work, this is, you know, whatever, uh, people are just, uh, happier. Yeah. They don't have to stress so much. Turns out. And then of course their service improves because they aren't as stressed all the fucking time. And customers
0: don't get to be right even when they're wrong, which to me is always a win. Right.
1: If customers being a dick, you can just be like, leave. Yeah. The end. You don't need that. You don't need that tip money. Nope. Uh, so then the, so the question, giant Musgrave says, you know, should you tip? So. I think, yes. Yeah. Yes, you should. I just, I literally. Unless you go to that one restaurant where they don't do tips. Right. Unless you go to Um, that one.
0: I just, I just always put on 20% no matter what's happening.
1: That seems seems fair.
0: Yeah. Even if I have an asshole uh, or, you know, an an unobservant waitstaff, because again, like who, who the fuck am I to be like, I'm going to punish your livelihood because you were kind (laughs) of, you were kind of slow to bring me this food. Right. You know, let's, like, let's, like I'm
1: at a, I'm at a sit down restaurant anyway. I got, I'm not like in a huge, I got all rush the time here. The like yeah. if I was in a rush, I'd be, you know, I'd be, you know, throwing a hot pocket.
0: Yeah. Back and, but I mean, just, just imagine you being in some other industry, like you just being at your normal job, right? If you make a mistake, like when you're at work um,
1: yeah.
0: and so, so say like in the, in the case of the restaurant, basically it's like them bringing you the wrong order or something. Right. Um, Are you going to, you're again, you're going to penalize the livelihood of that person because they just brought well, this. is different This food. is how
1: this is how performance bonuses work, right? Yeah. It's it's you suppress someone's baseline salary, right? You're like if you're good, then, then you, know, you can have, then you more. can have the rest of your salary, right? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, which uh, I don't, I don't really like the dynamic that that creates between it's just, people. It's just gross. And there's, a, there's also a lot of research about how people are, um, how people behave toward, uh, sort of motivation systems yeah. and how once you, once you tie a person's performance to some external factor, like a bonus or a tip or whatever, um, then it actually becomes more difficult for that person to be motivated to do that thing through their own internal volition.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, I, and I see this, especially at places that are, are heavy uh, that make a lot of their money to, on the booze side of things. Right. Cause I don't, I don't buy booze when I go out because the surcharge on that is so fucking enormous already. And then I got to pay my, you know, my 20% surcharge on top of that. Right? right. So, uh, so I just, I don't drink when I'm out, but that's of course where restaurants and therefore their wait staff actually make the most money. Right. Because just the cost, the cost of your entree is the same as the cost of your fucking drink. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so because of that, uh, then I've actually, there are, there are places that I've been to and places that I really like, that I actually don't go to anymore because I could tell that the wait staff were disappointed when I didn't buy drinks. Yeah. The only reason that that would happen is because their salary, their livelihood, is coupled to whether or not I buy drinks. Yep. Which is just... That's just a
1: bad experience for everybody, you know? And now you're going to get drunk, you're going to drive home, you're going to crash. Yeah. You're going to kill 35 people. I'm not going to have any money left. Yep. The world is ruined now because of this tipping problem. So, I don't know, tipping is stupid, but, but since... Since we, this is where we are, we should uh we just have, you just have to support your support your your weight staff. Yeah. Just We're, do they're it. They're just other people. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Darth Binary. If you could be any jectile from fight 2, what would you be? I have to remember all the jectiles. All right, so Talifight 2 worked. had like 45 different jectiles or something yeah, like that. There are many. Um and they range from like chainsaws to praying mantises to there's a colossus. There's a colossus that just like flies out, just smashes the shit there's out a of things. Whale. There's a sloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a owl that like body slams things. There's an eagle. Uh huh. There's a goat that explodes into a tin can bomb. Right. That all I would all go makes total sense. I would go probably with the either the bee or the chainsaw. Yeah. My but- reason being just at a pure utility, right? So the bee in fight shoots lasers. Laser beams. Laser beams uh, out of its stinger. And I feel like having the ability to summon a sort of laser that can cut through things just at any moment. Pretty useful. It means you don't need to carry a pocket knife around anymore. Yep. So that's pretty nice. And of course, the same thing applies to the chainsaw. Uh, yeah, chainsaws are a, of, a bit messy. It's a though. little bit less precise, yeah. but it gets the job done.
0: Also, you I think your three chainsaws
1: Yes, not just a chainsaw. Yeah, and of course, you, so you
0: have to be three
1: chainsaws, and then you're cutting things, and, and it they can are, be kind of messy. And they are flying chainsaws with yeah. eyes that whip around rapidly and orbit around some central point. It's
0: very intimidating. It's pretty intimidating. Yeah, nobody would mess with you. No, if you were flying, if you chainsaws. were three flying chainsaws. Yeah. But I guess also if you were a giant bee that shot lasers,
1: probably also people wouldn't would fuck around with that either. Yeah, or even if you were a giant bee that didn't shoot lasers. I think people would probably go the other direction.
0: Yeah, or if you're yeah. just a giant laser, <laughs> or giant really, laser. Any yeah. any subset any of that combo. Any subset. Combat. I don't know, I think the, the problem with being a projectile is that you live for destruction. Yeah, this is the only thing you do is
1: destroy <laughs> things. And So there's no I, unless so the turtle shell protects you. That's true. You know, that's just a But
0: then you're just an, in, an inanimate object. Yeah. That just stuff runs into, which is
1: So you know, have, you have not, to de- you have to decide am I going to destroy or am I going to be nothing? Right. So I guess destroy then is really Just destroy things. Yeah. Uh all right. That sounds good. Next question comes from Rampandapus. What do you think about adding nested loot crates to scuffle buddies? You could have loot crates inside loot crates inside loot crates. What about recursively nested loot crates? Or it could be loot crates all the way down. Is this monetization genius? Uh I mean, I would say yes. Yeah. It probably is. Because I think as we've seen with I can't believe it's not gambling. Turns out this is a completely viable strategy (laughs) uh, for a game. So thanks for the tip. I think we're just going to go ahead and do that. All right. Next question comes from Potty Gamer. P-O-T-T? Yes. Okay. Disgusting. Gross. How long did it take to decide the quantity of each crafting ingredient for the items in Crashlands? Were there ever any recipes changed for balance reasons after release? It took zero-ish. Yeah. So we actually have a a talk or a, a... sort of micro talk on our YouTube channel about this exact thing, which is the quantities of the crafting ingredients are automated, which is awesome because basically we, we procedurally generate the world. So we, we tweak numbers to determine how common things are out in the environment. It's a little bit more complicated than that because the environment changes as you go out. Right. But we kind of decided what we wanted
0: the environment to look like. Yeah. So Uh, that that was where we basically, we decided like where we wanted the tiles to be distributed and then different kinds of things grow on different tiles because it felt good for it to do that. Yep. Right. At different rates. At different rates. And as you move out from the center, that can change a bit. And so, so we just made it look the way we wanted it to. So that it would feel good to be out exploring the world.
1: Yeah. So, so what happens then when we, when you're booting up the game and you're looking at that little loading screen, um, a lot of what it's doing there is it's basically simulating the world in terms of, how common items are mm-hmm. and every resource in the world gets assigned something that's called a frequency index, which is just how frequently does this thing occur? Um, and then that gets, that gets uh, extrapolated. I it's, it's like
0: all relative to sawgrass or something, right?
1: It's just an arbitrary number yeah. basically. But, but what it basically comes, comes down to is uh, every component in the game gets assigned what we called an, an effort index, which mm-hmm. is, how much effort does it take to get this? Or another way to think about which it, which is, is actually
0: just one over the frequency. Of yeah,
1: because um, the more common it is, the less effort it takes to get it. Right, yep. and so so we just kind of generate a, a a, an effort index for every single thing, and then we say like, okay, a helm. It's so like a tier one helm from the the uh, sawmill takes one effort. What is one effort? Doesn't really matter. Yep, it's just an arbitrary number, and it, it only matters in context to everything else. Right. So we say it takes one effort and it uses like two different components. So we split the effort between the two. So we say half the effort goes to logs and half mm-hmm. the effort goes to sticks or something. And then we just keep filling up the logs and the sticks until the effort for the helm adds up. Adds up. Yep. So uh, so this is all automated and this is how we were able to get 500 whatever recipes in there. Um, and it also makes it so that when we make balance changes to the world, if we go, you know, there's just too many log trees. If we knock down the number of log trees, then the required number of logs for everything that uses them will go down, yep. and there, and then the the components for everything else will go up a little bit because now the there's total now there's room the now there's room for right. other things. So it's actually an auto balancing system that we don't have to make decisions about whatsoever. Yeah, the
0: only decision we make is just how how hard should it be to to craft a certain thing, just in the general sense. And yeah. so so, we, say, so like, we choose the effort. Yeah, but the effort just like one just means like. We decide what that means, right? We just yeah. say so one is kind of like average effort. Yeah, so say, one effort harder.
1: one effort is like, oh, it's like two minutes yep. of like gathering resources or something like that. So yeah, and we just set effort by type. So pants take a certain amount of effort. Weapons take a certain amount. Legendaries blah, blah, blah. take more. Yep. yep. Pretty simple. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Crashy. Hey, peeps of Butterscotch shenanigans. I would like to know how you handle your armor and inventory. Thanks for reading. Handle in what way? Um so we get this we get this kind of question a lot and there's a, there's a big secret when it comes to inventory. Are you ready for this yep, shit? Are you ready? It's just a list. Yep. It's just a list of things that you have. Uh that's it. So with our our infinite inventory technology for Crashlands, it's just a list. It's just a list. Yep. That's the whole thing. Uh and what makes it what makes it uh, infinite is that instead of having instead of showing you the whole inventory all at once, uh, which would be overwhelming if you had, say, 5,000 things in there. We just don't do that. We just have filters. We have filters. So if you want to see, like, what what pants do I have? Then when you go into your equipment screen and you click on the pants button... You just do a loop across the inventory, find everything that's pants. Yep, we just find everything that's pants, show you... And we make a little sub list. be like, here's the pants that you have, and that's it. Yep. Um, so there's nothing particularly complicated about it. Just the hard part is developing a good user experience for interacting with this giant ass list of things. Yep. And then your equipment, your armor, whatever, that's also a list. There's a list of pieces of armor. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) uh, yep. And then we just say like, for example, slot zero in that list, otherwise known as the first slot is like, that's your weapon. And slot one is your helm and blah, blah, blah. So we sort of assign types to those slots so that you can't put a weapon in the wrong place. Although, uh, the game can handle that. And as, as sure as working on the equipment stuff uh, just this morning he accidentally shuffled all the equipment into the wrong slots and then <laughs> flux was running around wearing pickaxes as gloves <laughs> and fishing poles as pants <laughs> and a wrench as a mask which yeah. is pretty fucking awesome yep but uh it doesn't really doesn't really yeah we we call this it's not very flexible yeah we call this I, graceful failure yeah if you wow. did somehow manage to equip a pickaxe as pants the game can do this. Yeah. It doesn't look great, uh, no, but, it, but it doesn't. And actually that's been our strategy
0: for, that's on our, the web programming side as well as the game programming side is, uh, is, you know, a lot a lot of, a lot of programming involves a lot of, you know, error catching and like handling exceptions, exceptions just basically being anything that wasn't supposed to happen that happened. Uh, what we try to do instead as our dominant strategy is to make it so that if something goes wrong, somehow that's still okay. Um, and so that might mean that you're not seeing the thing you're supposed to be seeing, right? Yep. Or that you did something that's outside of what is technically allowed. Uh, but if the game doesn't crash as a consequence, and then, you know, if you're, if you're saved, it doesn't get corrupted as a consequence. If instead, just like things are wacky, that's probably okay. That's probably fine. Yeah.
1: You, we can find a way to resolve that. Yeah. As long as it's not corrupted and destroyed.
0: Right. Which also has
1: happened. It also has happened, but, but less frequently. We also have a phase in the save loading called the Bork fixing phase. Yep. Where... We know that there are some bugs that occur that we can't figure out why. Uh, so we just look for them. So we just look for those. And we That's that's not when things are broken, because that means it doesn't work. Yeah. Sometimes things get borked, which is it's not ideal. Yeah, Something's wrong with it, what but is, it's actually what technically is the, What are the things the bork fixer fixes? I can't remember. The bork fixer fixes things like sometimes people's pets disappear. Oh, yeah. There's that. There's no explanation why this happens. We've never been able to find out why. Nobody's been able to replicate it. But just all of a sudden, somebody would be like, hey, where's my pet? Yep. And it's just gone. It's just gone now. But the data for that pet still lives. Mm-hmm. It's just the pet itself has left. So <laughs> It's just gone. So <laughs> what we do for that is when we do the Bork Fixer, uh, we just grab the background data for that pet, and we just make a new stable. We put the pet in that stable, and we put the stable into your build mode inventory. Yep. So if your pet disappears, you just reload. So this happens to like one out of a thousand Crashlands players. Yep. Pet disappears, you load your game, and then in your, your pet is just hanging out your inventory, and you just put that stable down, and there's you yep. your pet. But part of that works because we made it so you can
0: just put anything in your inventory. Yes. So that way, that way the inventory is sort of like the default bork fixer because we're just like, uh, you're supposed to have this weapon, but for some reason you don't, just now, now yeah. you do. Which is
1: actually a fun uh, thing that we're doing with Scuffle Buddies as well, without doing any spoilers. But yep. um, the inventory system is so flexible that Anything that you come across in the world, we could just put into your inventory. Yeah. So it could just be in there. Yeah. So you come across a tree and you're like, fuck, this tree's in my way. We could technically give you a a mechanism to just take it. Yep. To just have it, put it in your inventory. We may Uh, not
0: actually do it. We probably won't, but the game
1: is capable of it. The game's capable of it, which is hilarious. All right. Next question comes from I'm Cade. I am Cade. I am Cade. Uh, what games are you guys currently playing? Is there any way that we, as a community, can game with you? We
0: actually played games with people a while ago. I don't we remember did. which games or when, I but I know that we had I don't remember done either this. of those as well.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I think we played It with- was back when our community was small enough, because there were only maybe like a dozen people who gave a shit, uh, that- we could just be like, so you guys want to, you want to play a game? Yeah.
1: So there, I I have at times daydreamed about the prospect of, for example, like having a, like a Bscotch community wow guild yeah, or something like that. Cause like our, our, our community is fucking awesome. Like they're just super pumped all the time. Uh, they're very friendly people, you know, and that's something that we enforce as well. So if somebody comes in who isn't like that, then either us or our moderators will of course crush them into a fine mist. Yep um or paste or paste or some kind of something gross some kind of disgusting human to to match the kind of person that they were yeah um it's sort of it's sort of realigning the universe right so i've thought about doing that kind of stuff but the the difficulty is you know our players are all over the place Uh so if you're like if you're 12 time zones away from somebody it gets pretty hard to coordinate game anything yeah and the other problem is, you know, if we wanted to do something like play Rocket League or whatever, you know, there's not a lot of room.
0: No, that's actually the bigger problem. Yeah. Because there aren't that many games that a lot of people can play and be involved at the same time. That's also a social experience.
1: Yeah. Um, so we would be limited to, to basically MMOs. Yep. So that we could get everybody in there. Uh,
0: or having to somehow pick people.
1: Yeah. Which is not great. And so the difficulty with MMOs is they tend to people either love them or hate them.
0: Yeah. I'm not into
1: them personally. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, there's a pretty wide range of, of possibilities. So um, like if we had a wow guild, there's the problem of, well, you'd be on a, on a us server or whatever. What about our people in Australia yep. or, you know, they'd have to be on like a 500 ping, which sucks. Um, we could also try like, we could, if we made an eve group but then how many of our players actually are into the idea of playing eve probably just me so <laughs> yeah uh, approximately yeah so but i mean that like that's one of the few games where everybody actually could technically just play together cuz it's just you could just have as many people in one place as you want right? right um so i don't know maybe we should just make a game that our that our players can play together maybe that makes more sense yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah it is it is
0: funny how complicated this stuff gets because we even had this conversation back during the uh during this scatter jam of like when should the thing start because our is around the world right and it, and it was a big argument that we had that we never really fully agreed on of just like should it start at the same time for everybody like the same time their time or the same just time time you know and uh and back sort of pre crashlands launch we we were putting out we were having these like dev chats yeah. every few months right where we would get on Google plus or just whatever the tech was at the time and, uh, and just chat with people if they had questions. Right. And we'd maybe get a couple dozen or so people in there each time. Um, But again, it was the same kind of a problem, which is like whenever, when we do this determines whether people can attend and who can attend.
1: Yeah. So Uh, a lot of people just had to miss
0: it. So a lot of people just have to miss it because they're somewhere else. And and especially for us, because our our community is actually pretty, especially our, our engaged community uh, is, is not predominantly in the U S yes. They're actually quite scattered. Um, which isn't true of our sort of general player base. It is still the case that most of them are in the U S but for our ad or for just our, our fans who are around and and talk to us for whatever reason, they're scattered everywhere. So now if we want to engage with them, all of a sudden we just split them up, which sucks. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I think the only solution there would be to actually have a persistent community like in an MMO where our, our players in the community can just play with each other as well and you don't have to coordinate matches. We right. like had to be you some would sort of, of like
0: game. a town centered things so that everybody kind of like has a house they live in or something.
1: Right. With like a
0: meeting place in the middle so that whoever's around can just go meet and then they can go do something. Yeah. Just whoever's there. Yeah. There's probably a game like that, but is it,
1: is it a good one? I mean, the, the only games I can think of that, that this would work with would be something like, wow. Or, yeah. uh, or or yeah, Eve, but, or Eve actually, but nobody would play Eve. So yeah, Eve,
0: maybe, but no. I think, I think Wow, actually, that's not true because in the, and one of the main reasons I never got into Wow and games like it is because it's a treadmill. And depending on when you enter, you're just actually not even depending on if you enter, you're just in a different place than other people, and you have you have different skills available to you. You've got different knowledge level of the game. Uh You actually just can't really participate in the same content the same way unless someone's like dragging you through to level up really fast, uh, or you're dragging somebody else to level up really fast. Uh, it doesn't, right. but it doesn't make it easy for people to play together unless they're always playing together.
1: Well, that's why what you would do is you would you would announce some kind of a start date, right? And you'd say we're all making new characters, yep. on this one place right. at the same and time. Just, and then
0: whoever is free that time can participate.
1: Well, no, because it's an ongoing thing now, right? So everybody will make their characters like starting after a certain point. So instead of somebody with like their twelve year old character that they've been playing since you know whatever, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's starting in the same place, and then yeah, yeah. But that, but, that's, that.
0: but again, that's assuming that everyone is synchronized and starts at the same time because that's 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 the problem here is that
1: well, it's going to be it's everything vary, has to be synchronous. You it's going to vary by playtime, by how much people can play, by when they can play. You yep. know, um, and I think to me that's the bigger thing is that
0: is that a, a kind of having a community who can all kind of play a game together. Means that either they all have to have the same commitment, so or that, level
1: of skill, or level of skill, level or whatever, so that, so that that
0: actually works, or the game has to be designed such that that doesn't matter as much.
1: Maybe we just have to ex- maybe we just have to accept that we're all just playing the game of life together. Yeah, you know, it's the ultimate MMO. It is experience. Maybe that's what's happening.
0: It's, it's very beautiful.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. So we got one final question for the year, for the whole dang year question comes from Ryan seven, 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 three, who says, how does one get the mm, coffee achievement like this, like, like this? Yeah. Yeah. Nice work. Once you get a question answered on the podcast, then you get that achievement. Congratulations. So you did it. At least for now, who knows when ruckus, when ruckus hits, yeah. all bets are off.
0: Yep. Just anybody who's super pumped about the perks they have right now, just know, don't get too attached. Yeah. <laughs> <attached. laughs> We're gonna we're gonna keep something like the perk system because we we love the cross game unlock and we and we we really like that as a system so we're definitely not doing away with it. Uh, but I don't know what it's gonna look like. Uh,
1: yeah, we want to try to find a way to preserve what people have in some capacity. but yeah. we don't know. But what. we have to
0: do it in a way that doesn't then just get weird because now there's a bunch of like legacy stuff that nobody wants. Like so like take all the uh, the butter up a friend perks. And there are that many. Almost nobody's even gotten them. Yeah, right? but you can't get them now. Well, not, you can't even get them now if you're on iOS.
1: Yeah. Do we leave that on? Uh, Google I think Play?
0: It's, it's still on Google Play. Okay. Although I'm actually not even sure. I don't. Even, I don't ever look at. I think we might have turned games them anymore. off.
1: Again, all this shit. We got to rip it out. We gotta. We gotta start fresh. Legacy. B Scott Arcade. Next year, it's all about starting fresh.
0: Yeah, sort of. Actually, no. It's really not about that at all. Really, next year is all about standing on our own shoulders.
1: 2018 is about simplifying. Yeah. It's about getting back to our roots. Yep. You know, we're going to do it. All right. That's all the time we have for this year. So, yeah, the whole, so, whole year. Uh, so, be sure to tune in next year. And we'll talk. Well, hopefully, next year when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, sort of what our plans are with the Crashlands patch um, mm-hmm. and then what our plans are with the the new game as well. Yeah. So, tune in for that. Uh, we'd like to thank our studio wrangler, Monique, and our producer, Fat Bard, for putting this episode together and the Bees Gotch Dev team for having our backs so while we we'll record this podcast. Special thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running and who, of course, crush all dissent. Uh, if you would like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can hop into our Discord server, which is over at discord.gg bscotch. Mm-hmm. Just and, don't
0: do anything that would cause yourself to be grounded to a fine paste.
1: Yeah, uh, just be a good human. And if you're not sure what that means... Um, Just use social cues and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. All right. And also, if you'd like to adorn your body with Butterscotch merch, check out our shop, which is over at shop.bscotch.net. And again, uh, we are still taking orders over the holidays, but we will not be filling those orders until uh, we get back after the new year. So uh, just keep that in mind. Also, if you'd like to adorn us with your merch... We have a mailbox, so if you'd like to send us something, head on over to mailbox.bscotch.net to get the address. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next year. Goodbye. Bye.